I'll read Genesis 22, verses 1 through 5. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask you to open our eyes that we might see the truth, open our minds that we would understand it, and Lord, we pray that you would guide our wills, that we would seek to be faithful to you as your children. Be with us now, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, Last week we started this text, and this is one of a series, uh, Jesus in Genesis, and today's message is Abraham's obedience, and yet we really saw the beginning of that last week, and I want to recap just briefly from last week. Uh, We saw that Abraham was at peace last week. After all of those many, many years of wandering, and after those years of uh, not having the blessing of a son come true, And he tries to do something in his own flesh, and he's reaped the rewards of that through uh, having to banish Hagar and Ishmael. And also, he he has peace in his land. Uh, Lot is now out of the picture. He's gone off with his hordes, and and it would appear that he has become poor, but we'll get to that later, maybe. But uh, anyway, he also is at peace with Abimelech, and he had... Uh, built these wells, and then Abimelech's men had fought over them, and yet now he's at peace. And he's been at peace for a few years. And into this peace comes this direction by God to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac. And yet, the key to understanding really all of this text, all of what Abraham goes through in Genesis 22, is what I've just read today, especially in verse 3. So Abraham rose early. To me, that tells you everything that's going to happen. If you have to do something that you really don't want to do, the last thing you're going to do is get up early to go get it done. You're going to find every reason to stay in bed, to let it drag out, and Abraham didn't do that. Abraham rose early to fulfill God's will. And it's just amazing when you think about this, what he has to do, that he gets an early start to do it. But uh, there is no negotiating now. Uh, Abraham was a negotiator with God. We saw examples of this. He was, now it's not necessarily bad that he was trying to intercede on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember, shall we hide from Abraham what our mission is all about? And then he intercedes. Oh, if there are 50, if there are 40, if there are 30. And yet it came to nothing, didn't it? Because all there was was Lot to be saved from Sodom and Gomorrah. And we see also that he negotiates with God on the destiny of his son Ishmael. When God comes to remind him that Ishmael is not the chosen one, Ishmael is not the one that's going to carry on your seed, he says, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. He loves his son. 
he wants God to reward him with a son that will fulfill his will, and he does. So Ishmael becomes essentially the, the leader of all the Arab nations that will come to plague Israel down through the centuries. And uh, yet, he's now not in a position of negotiating with God. He's accepting God's will. He has surrendered to God's will. And that's what we're here to talk about. When I uh, came across this text, a, a, a song popped into my head. And I don't know why, because I don't know that I've sung this song much, especially not in many, many years. But there is a song that is, uh, Whate'er my God ordains is right. And the whole song is really a beautiful illustration, I think, of what Abraham's going through. But this is just the first stanza. Whate'er my God ordains is right. His holy will abideth. I will be still whate'er he doth and follow where he guideth. And this is Abraham's life right now. So what does he do? Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering. Now, Abraham is an old man here. He has hundreds of people in his clan. He could have any one of them split the wood, and yet he doesn't. He does it himself. Abraham's been sacrificing to God probably for 40 or 50 years, and he's not about to stop now. This is his most special sacrifice, and he's going to do it all himself. So he cuts the wood himself. He does it because he's doing this as an act of obedience to God. He arose early and went to the place of which God had told him. So he rose early. He got prepared early. He set off early, and he's going exactly where God told him to go. He's not running in the opposite direction like Jonah did. He's not taking his son and skedaddling for safety somewhere. So now he's traveling. For three days he traveled. And all that time Isaac was as good as dead. But only Abraham knew it. Only Abraham knew what was going to come. That isn't something that you share lightly with other people. He knew what was coming. And yet... These two young men didn't, nor did Isaac. And in the same manner, Jesus knew what he was going to do, and so did his Father in heaven as he was heading towards the cross and towards death, and he was three days dead. There is symbolism here. There is a picture here of Christ being dead. And as a matter of fact, we'll get more clearly to why we know that to be the case. So there was three days that Christ was dead between the time of his death and the resurrection. And there's three days here on this trip that Isaac is as good as dead. Then in verse 5, he tells these two young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So the question we must ask ourselves is, did, did he really believe this? Did he believe we will come back to you? And I think we must believe it. That's what it says. And that's what Hebrews confirms. Abraham did believe this. We don't know why he believed this, but we know he believed it. And it's just another thing that's amazing about Abraham at this point in his life. He is at peace with all that God wants him to do, and he is willing to sacrifice his son. He doesn't know how it's possible, but he knows that with God all things are possible. So he has faith. In Hebrews 11, verses 17 to 19, we read this. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. 
concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. And we'll get to that more actually in future weeks. But he did recognize that Isaac was as good as dead. Uh, Today's message is all about obedience. It's all about surrendering to God's will, leaving off any negotiation. When God tells you what to do, he doesn't want you negotiating with him. He knows it's painful. He wants you to just do it. He wants you to obey. So this table, the reason we partake of it, is to remind us that we are God's. He owns us. And so this table, by partaking of it, tells us that we are to obey him in whatever he tells us to do. Whatever my God ordains is right. So he calls us to unconditional surrender of all that we are, all of our wills to him. And he will make that clear to you. And sometimes we don't want it to be as clear as it is. But if he makes his will known to you, the easiest path is just to do it. Just like with Jonah, running away, running away, and yet he never got away. God brought him right back. And it's, it's theorized that God didn't bring him back any closer to where he needed to get to. He brought him right back to where he got on that boat and tried to flee. So that's where we are. We're right here before God saying, God, lead us, please. Show us your will for our lives and we'll obey. Father, we thank you for this, uh, this meal that uh, points to you, this meal that uh, proclaims you as being our God, uh, our owner, as it were. We are your children, Lord, but yet we also are, in a very real sense, your property. You created us for a purpose, and we pray, Lord, that we would fulfill that purpose. And yet it isn't without love. You love us, and you, and you uh, seek to do all things to make our peace and our joy be complete on this earth. So we thank you now for this time together, for this meal before us. We pray that your Holy Spirit would fill us with love for you and for one another. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.